Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody, this is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 227. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas, so grab globes, spin it around, burn! Not really sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And you know... <laughs> We really enjoy this, and thanks so much for the donations and the continued supports and prayers. It goes a long way to help with our ministry here. But we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us on our own spiritual journey, and we feel all men are leaders, leaders of your families, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged. That's why we're here. So... Whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, our website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com, <laughs> all those platforms, we are glad you're joining us. And so we're on this No Church Answers Tour, and we're glad that you've joined us. So what we're going to do is we uh, get a... ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or a Sunday School lesson, uh, and then we go over it among our panel. We update it. We try to apply it to our lives, and since this is Man Up, we put a man spin on it. So at this time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce our panel, uh, world-class policy writer, retired now, but a current professional gambler, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah. All right, Steve. Steve. Uh, attorney and former prosecutor, we call him the Judge Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hello, guys. And <clears throat> corporate trainer and kind of the group theologian, the professor, Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Hey, my name is Bill Cox, basically a director, kind of a sales guy. We are in the study of judges. It's a Connect 360 is uh, the publication. It's by Baptist Way Press. It's been excellent. Now, this is going to be a little bit different in what we're talking about tonight. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch to give us a brief overview. Here we are in Man Up, and we're going to talk about one of the most <coughs> interesting and certainly most powerful women in the Bible, Deborah. Uh, the only female judge, and uh, she has a she has a very another exciting story, just like Ehud, um, and there is a man involved. But this might be one of the few stories in the Bible that come close to passing the so-called Bechdel test, which. <laughs> right. Which uh, which, if your readers don't know, basically is concerns is there. Are there two named female characters in your story? Uh, and do they have a conversation? Now, there's no conversation in this one, although you can imagine one taking place eventually. But the motivations of these, both these women are not about 
uh, gaining some kind of romantic or otherwise uh, marriage liaison with a man. So we're going to have some fun with this. Excellent. They, 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 they had the opposite idea of having fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Professor, your overview of that. So, so Deborah's interesting because she's the only judge that we have any indication of actually judged. <laughs> you know, there, there is a mention in the scripture early on that she sat and basically at areas called the palms that are still around, by the way, and made decisions about Israel, judged them. And then she also is referred to as a prophetess, which is also unusual because the judges, by and large, were called by God at one point to do one thing, and when they had done their one thing, then they're out of the, they were out of the picture, other than maybe this comment about, and he judged Israel for another 80 years. But they were kind of, I, I, judges is always such an interesting term to me because I always think of more as warlords <laughs> more than anything. They were there to do right. something. Deborah kind of broke the mold because she was a judge, literally. She led them in battle because the guy wimped out. We'll talk about that. And then at the end of the day, she's labeled a prophetess too. And so she kind of gets she kind of gets the triple treatment and for all you crazy evangelicals out there that say women's place is in the home and they need to be barefoot and pregnant go <laughs> away and go read the story of deborah and then we can talk about it <laughs> when you're done oh, <laughs> throwing it out there just to get started uh judge yes and folks if you hear somebody coughing that's me i can tell you right off i'll tell you right now uh, I'm getting over a sinus infection or a upper respiratory infection, but it's not. It's not contagious. Not the Rona. Uh, that's what we tell. We're telling everybody okay. because I'm sitting here in the room with these. Guys. <laughs> hey, I'm vaccinated. Hey, I'm glad to be back. Anyway, uh, folks, uh, the judge we have studied, as uh, Robert has mentioned, uh, um, she is the first and only one that they mention of all the judges that actually judges. Judged, and by the way, we have a lot of female judges today in reality and legal work, right? Guys? Oh, that's right. You would that. know exactly. Okay. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, last week's podcast, we looked at Judge Ahood, and I just want to mention a couple of things. I listened to it today. It was great, you guys. And I hope if you folks, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast with the three guys, with Bill, Robert, and Steve, you do listen to it. It's very good. Uh, Bill brought this up. It, 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 a characteristic the Bible seems to list as being weak was Ehud was a left-handed judge. He is also a tax, tax collector, and he carried tribute to the king that was oppressing Israel at that time, uh, King Eglon. And uh, God sent the Ammonites to harshly oppress the Israelites because, once again, they followed their pattern of after they've had a time of peace and a time of blessing, in a time of prosperity, they begin to, to seek idols and worship the idols, which, it, by the way, is where we come to the judge today. This will be part of the, uh, the story again. Now, uh, folks, I'm going to mention someone that we are not really covering today. We're covering Deborah, as uh, Bill Roberts mentioned. But there is someone in between that's a very short period. There's one verse in the Bible dealing with him. His name is Shamgar. And it's in Judges 3.31. I'm sure Robert, one of the guys, will mention some and bring in some more information about him, too. 
because there's only one verse on him, folks. And, uh, and, and with some reference to it in Judges 5 in Deborah's lament and song after their victory. Uh, he used an ox goad and he killed uh, 600 Philistines and he delivered Israel. So two things there. I, I, I want to go back to, yes, on that. To oh, Robert, good. No, Robert no. and I, go, go ahead. Go ahead good. Because, because, because we should have covered that last week if we're really following this this Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe analogy <laughs> that we're shoehorning into this. Right. Uh, because, well, Robert, why don't you, yeah. why don't you so, give it so, just because you well, brought it to something like So if you read the book of Philistines, Philistines becomes, the Philistines are the big bad of the book of Judges. And they actually cause the shift where do you Israel. get the word the big bad? I'm going to yeah, ask that, you that, that because that, I listened to that today. <laughs> on the, they're their most biggest thorn in the flesh. Oh, Is that they, what you're calling the yeah, bad? Is that why you call they them are, bad? They are they're the back and bad forth guys. Even, even the today, yep. the Philistines and Israel go yep. toe-to-toe all the time. Right, right. Go ahead. Oh, Robert. yeah, no, absolutely. And they actually, they're the force that actually causes the loose tribal confederation to go ahead and establish a monarchy. Because they really couldn't handle the military might of the Philistines for various reasons without having a more central authority around them. And this is kind of so if you're if you're into the Marvel thing, this is Thanos showing up at the end of the universe when all the nerds went, Oh my god, oh my god, it's Thanos, it's Thanos, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> you know, and they set him up because all you get is this one verse, as Mike mentioned, you know, that after him came Shamgar. He killed 600 Philistines with the ox goad of an ox. Well, let me just throw that in. An ox goad goad is an instrument that you use in agriculture. Okay? And so my thought about that is this. The this the people that would have the ox goads are not warriors. They're farmers. Yep. Okay? And here's the thing. I really think that Shamgar is a representation of all the farm people <laughs> rising up and just going out and just slaughtering those people. <laughs> and, that, and that's why it's not one particular person. That's why it's only a line. It's one verse. where Because it wasn't particular people. Because if you killed somebody with an agricultural tool, that is brutal. But he killed okay, 600. Well, the, the, <laughs> let me, 600. Yeah. 600. Okay, let, let, oh. me, re, let me refer to Judges 5 on that. Judges 5 is Deborah talking about the things that have occurred so far and how they had victory, which we're going to discuss with, with uh, Barak in this particular lesson. And she says that the highways were deserted and the travelers walked along the byways, lived each life, and in days of Shamgar, son of Anoth, there were no weapons. The people had no weapons. So, Bill, you're partially correct on that. You're absolutely right. The weapons they had were farm instruments, Uh, right? That's all the people could fight with. And it it fits into this lesson very well. I was just shown, Robert just showed me a picture of... uh, an ox, an ox goat. You must have searched what, what it. What part is oh, it? Is it's it's a, a, it's a it looks like from the picture. It looks like it's 
maybe <coughs> maybe four or five feet long with like a me- metal type hook on the end with a yeah and and and, and, and it's kind of like a, a fireplace tool yeah it's that, like what, it's like like what a, a, yes. fi- the hook for a fireplace poker like a poker fire well and and there's something else that's involved in this too so the group they're fighting today and the philistines in particular developed iron the yes and israelites were still using bronze Bronze, correct and that is technologically from a metallurgical if if i hit an a bronze sword with an iron piece of iron my bronze sword is going to get tore up <laughs> the yeah. iron sword is going to keep moving right okay Absolutely. so what, what what we're getting at here folks if you didn't catch this we're going from ehud ehud mm-hmm. who delivered the israelites from eglon we go to this little area of time in which apparently the philistines are driving the israelites nuts but it's a very small area and God sends Shamgar to deliver them. And then we're going to go back into the new area today with, uh, with Deborah and Baruch. So anyway, the, the, the thought behind that, again, uh, wh- why is he in here? That's about the only information we have on Shamgar. Let's see if anybody else wants to comp about, well, it, comment it, about it's that. A, it's, it's a thing, <coughs> preview of things to come is how I look at it. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scriptures. And the scriptures, Judges 4, 4 through 23, and then also 5, verse 7, and 24 through 27. Now, Deborah, prophetess, the wife of Lipidoth, was judging Israel at the time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Ibnom, from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun? And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troop, and I will give him into your hands. Brock said to her, If you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory. For the Lord will sell Sarah into the hands of a woman. Then Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called out Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. And 10,000 men went up at his heels, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber, the Kenite, had separated from the Kenites the descendants of Hoab, the father-in-law of Moses, and has pitched his tent as far away as the oak in Zananim, which is near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, the son of Abinoan, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out to all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the men who were with him from Herosheth Haganen to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, Up, 
For this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army before Barak by the edge of the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot. And Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Hereseth, Haganim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber the Kenite. Then Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me. Do not be afraid. So he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened up a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say no. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg, took a hammer in her hand, and she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground while he was laying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man who you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there lay Sisera dead with a tent peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the people of Israel. The villagers ceased in Israel. They ceased to be until I arose. I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. Most blessed of women be jail the wife of Heber the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women most blessed. He asked for water. She gave him milk. She brought him curds in a noble bowl. She sent her hand to the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. Between her feet he sank. He fell. He lay still. Between her feet he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Folks, you might want to know that that came from chapter 5. Yes. The original text, and Steve was pointing out to Bill, the, the, the author divided the text up. It's a long, long text. And normally be chapters uh, Judges 4, right, and Judges 5, but they cut out a lot of it. So the, the second sections that Bill read had to do with a lament or song by Barak and Deborah. Sorry, if, if, it's, uh, a, Robert, if it's a time, though, no, if it's time we get to later on, it's interesting that that was the, the, the chapter five, which, which I'm glad the author included some in that in, in, mm-hmm. the, in the text here, was, was kind of what chapter four is based on. The chapter four is the prosaic version of this song of Deborah, which is one of the oldest sections of the Bible uh, believed to be, maybe as, maybe as early as the 12th, 12th century B.C. 
um, yeah. and, and yeah. You know, maybe written by Deborah herself or inspired by the events that, that, that are depicted in the story. Well, we're going to go ahead and take our break, and I can tell you this from the sound of that song, Deborah was feeling pretty good about herself. <laughs> so man, this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Podcast at 227. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. And we are in the book of Judges, and we're talking about uh, women badasses, I guess, for I mean, lack of a better term, um, in the Bible. And I just wanted to pretty much, because I was in the Navy, Barack. I just want to go and Barack. And he, he, he Deborah said, hey, the Lord said, take... Hey, take ten thousand men. Go downstairs. <laughs> he goes, yeah, come. W- yeah, you come with me. That's a guy that really didn't believe that he was going to be able to be victor- victorious, and he didn't want the blame either. And, and I think it was more. And I think this is something we could talk about. I think it was more. He didn't want the blame if it went wrong. Oh, he he, he absolutely. Felt he had to have her with him in order he he and and I think this is part of the conversation we've had at length about where is the and, and I'm gonna use the term and nobody get all nuts away about it. Where's the cult of Yahweh in this? Or or El. You know, Yahweh or Elohim was is the two names used by God. Where is the Priest, the tabernacle. Where are they in the, 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 the yeah the, the worship structure? Yeah, yes. where and God God is plainly yeah. there. Yeah, you, uh, well, but does, but where yeah and, and that that's why I said the cult of mm-hmm. and I, that nobody well, you, get nuts. Well, about is that. it going to be at every battle? I mean, every little skirmish. I mean, come on, she yeah, was just going to send send Barack but, down right. to hammer these people and then. Be but done he with doesn't. It. But see, there's, I'm. To me, it points to a lack of an institutional religion at that point. Where and, and it's interesting to me because they went from... Now, granted, there's probably 300 years have passed between the time they started settling Canaan and Deborah, somewhere in that. Maybe not quite. How, so, no, we, Two, maybe 200 two, years. It's yeah, got to be because... I'd, the, I'd the have to run the numbers to figure it out. But, so, I think we're about midway through. Yeah, but, but it's still one of those things where... Okay, you were in the wilderness. You had the tabernacle. You had everything that was with the tabernacle the whole time. You know, the sacrifices, the feast. You know, you had a certain marching order. You'd set up camp. The tabernacle was in the middle. 
there's the Ark of the Covenant. And it's like, there's not even a mention of it in here. Yep, they're doing their thing. They're, yeah, they're consistent. Yes. They're praying. They're yes. leading. Who is the one that led the people to pray when they were oppressed? It had to be the Levites. Because well, it's this. Right? I, they're carrying I, I, this on is, their, this is all their normal duties. Because what I get a sense of in, in you know the Scripture is that, well, it is still a very decentralized Oh, incredibly decent. Quote unquote nation. I mean, they, they're still referred to by their tribes, Nephtali. And, right. and in fact, in the song of Deborah, in, in, in chapter 5, there's a passage where some of the tribes don't go. She right. says, yeah. Oh, absolutely. She, she, exactly. she, they, she lists yeah. the tribes who deserve the glory and those right. who stayed home. Now, they, they, they're not necessarily implied that you shirked your duty. It's all more or less, well, you didn't come, you didn't get the glory. So it it could be that the Levites are just circulating. I'm not I'm not trying yeah, to defend I, this, it, it, but it, I think the whole idea of the story that we're supposed to get is the fact that a woman stood up, mm-hmm. took charge, and they won. Okay, well, God bless the them, and that's the whole thing. Not that this was a major necessarily battle, because certainly. It, it doesn't sound like she was just going to send him. She was just going to send Barack. And in, back in uh, that day, if it was... 10,000 people yeah, with him. Yeah, but hey. it, it was... But, but what, to, to speak to that, in, and, this, and that's essentially what happens in judges all the time. Somebody steps up. And it isn't... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll leave it now. Now, here's, here's put, a, put a different spit on it. Maybe right here is an example. I mean, very early in the Israelite history that, you know... There's not necessarily one group of people who have exclusive access to God. Yeah. God oh, God speaks go. to Ehud, God speaks to Deborah, God, God all the all the judges are divinely inspired. So they're not they're not there's no there's I mean, no that, that's Levite, says, there's, there's no, no Levite intersection. No so you can you can ask no, where where are they? And there are a whole right. lot of questions and, and, that come to it. I, but also that well, God didn't seem to need them there at the right. time. Well, and and I I was reading one of one of the books I was reading today. It talked about that there was definitely the shrine at Shiloh mm-hmm. that was Levitical, but there was also seemed to have been something going on at Bethel where they were tracing their lineage through Aaron and the priest mm-hmm. and how they were kind of being a part and passing it around. And so it, it seems like it was. It seems like when they moved in. So the tribes dispersed, I, let's be honest, and it wasn't like the tribe of Benjamin was right up against the tribe of Judah, and I think they were in their apportionment next to each other. There was like gaps and other things because they didn't really do the job they were supposed to do. You're supposed to go in and wipe everybody out, and they kind of left the cities and the big cities alone, and I, I think they kind of got tired of conquest for lack of a better term. And so they left some pockets there. So that disperses them even more. And then I think the Shiloh, Bethel, not a central religion, so to speak, I think that sort of reflects it, that they've all undecentralized themselves. I I personally thought about this long and hard. I think Barack is a very courageous man. I think ah, he's an okay. extremely courageous man, <laughs> and he's power. He's facing a powerful enemy. They've right. oppressed him. He's he's got 
one location, Cicero's down there in the Agoyam location south of them, and he's got 900 chariots with him and numerous soldiers. And then um, King Jabin, Jabin is up north, maybe 30, 40 miles to the north, okay? And I think God spoke to Barak. I think he knew he was supposed to go do this, and he's procrastinating like Cropper would do. Yeah, <laughs> Cropper yeah. procrastinated many times on trials until he had to be in the court. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so General oh, anyway. McClellan. Oh, so, yeah, so, so oh, Barak, Barak says, <laughs> "I got to go against Lord. You're calling me to go against Sisera. This right. guy has got a reputation. He's a powerful general. Would right. you give me some further direction?" And God does not always give you direction step by step until you take the first step yeah, right God, Robert God says, y'all go. all know this well, and and, and so. let, me, let me real quick Mike and I want you I want to go back but just to kind of give somebody an idea of so when you hear the 900 chariots this is the equivalent of the Polish army trying to fight off the German invasion in 1939 of panzer tanks with cavalry uh, horses yeah I mean that, yeah, the 900 yeah. chariots iron chariots that's like a big deal yeah. Yeah. Well, so point. anyway, so he's he's procrastinating, and the word of the Lord comes to Deborah, and she says, "Tell him to get off his butt and <laughs> go do it." Right. You know why you know that? Look at yeah. the way the words are set up in the in the That's, comment. Wow. Right. She says, uh, "She says, has not the Lord, the God of Israel, already right. commanded you? Yeah. He's already mm-hmm. told you to go up. So now go gather your men at Mount Tabor." And take them from the land of Naphtali and Zebulon. But as we learn later, and Steve mentioned this, and there are five other tribes that go help, part of them, mm-hmm. right? Have they not, has he not called you to go up there? So so anyway, so Barak goes with her, she goes with him, and he goes up there and he gathers the troops together. Now, now they're on the top of Mount Tabor, right? Great strategic position. What chariots are going to come up the side of the mountain and destroy them? Right? It, it, it says, leveled the plain says, field. I'm very happy to wait here, Lord, for you to send Cicero and bring him out. Right. And, 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 and so he's sitting there and maybe playing cards. Who knows? I'm thinking maybe look at YouTube. Who knows? But he's up there on top of the mountain, and God speaks to Deborah again and says, tell him to get off his butt again and go attack. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead your army. God is actually going before him as the king. You don't see God. And by this time, Barak has caught, has caught the whole gist of it. He's caught the whole uh, uh, anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he says, God is going in front of me. I'm just going to follow him. And they take off down the hill, and they're routed. So we're guessing. We're guessing. And, and I guess, and Deborah says that a tremendous rain comes, yeah. which routes yeah. the chariots and sets them up in mud. But anyway, I jumped ahead of myself. No, no, this is is why I like man. This is why I like man up because you, you know, to to a point, you've added nuance to Barack that the author here doesn't really give and some of the other commentary doesn't give. And and, and there's, and you have to admit, yeah, to go, basically to lead men into battle against 10,000 charioteers is pretty courageous. However, I think it's also true that he kind of is a little wimpy because we, you're, you are saying it does seem he sits around and uh, Deborah says it's okay, time to go. go. Okay, let me go. And, and then, yeah, he does look for cover at the very least. Oh, well, you come with me so I have somebody to blame yeah. if it goes wrong. That's and right. 
she kind of calls me, well, you know, yeah, we can do it that way, but guess what? You're going to miss the glory of your right. of the kill here. And, yeah, yeah. and that's what happens. Um, so, but, but, but yeah, he, so I want to do, before we go to, before we go well, to our... Let me, let me geographically give us okay, a little bit. Good. So mm -hmm. if you're wondering where Mount Tabor is, it is in the northern part of Israel. It is roughly halfway between Nazareth and the Sea of Galilee. And so um, is it beyond you got like 10 yeah, miles it, past it, Galilee it, it, right or where up, is it it's up so Sea of Galilee's he up mm -hmm. Nazareth is kind of down more to the east but on the southeast side of it and then if you went kind of a little bit southeast you'd run straight into the southern part of the Sea mm -hmm. of Galilee Mount Tabor's kind of right in the middle of the so is it always high ground well so, the thing about it yeah. is about Barack uh, being a military guy uh Basically, those guys won't go to Chow without a plan, <laughs> and that plan has to be—it's uh, got to be verified, certified by two or three steps above them. And analyst paralysis is rampant in the military. It just is because you may get some of the credit, but you'll definitely get all of the blame. And so uh, the vast majority of military commanders don't fight to win. They fight to not lose. And that's well that, that's interesting. that we can take into into everyday life. And I yes. think that's that's the lesson. Yes, that's the from, man. from I guess that's the anti lesson because we don't necessarily want to be like Barack in this case. Uh, because Barack is the yes, Barack is in it not to not to fail, not to lose. Right. Um, rather, and you know, to, he wants to hedge his bets, and he's the guy. We 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 know this type. We 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 encounter who, who they don't. They will only commit so far. Um, they they will only take a risk so far, and they 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 do not want to get on board with the vision. Deborah well, had the vision. Deborah had had the, the plan. We might say she had the plan. She knew what she wanted to do. Barack wanted to hedge his bets. And right. it was he, he was lukewarm, as, right. as you know, the, we could go way ahead. But he was a lukewarm guy. Yeah, I'll go in. And he doesn't seem to mind that he doesn't get the kill. He, I mean, you, we, look, we look, remember, we did a couple of weeks ago, we did uh, Caleb. Caleb was raring to go. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, yes. Joshua, point me in the direction. That's right. Yeah. And right, I'll right, go. Okay. Barack go. was... Uh... He just didn't want, he didn't want to die. He didn't want to die. Maybe he had... Barack, I, I don't know. Maybe he had a, a distinguished a career, and he already had enough stripes. What's... what, Dude, what's one more stripe? I just don't want to die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so to not to decide is to decide. I mean, that's one yeah. thing that... I took from this. Well, you you know, have other men in the Old Testament that did the same thing. Gideon. How many times <laughs> yeah, God I mean, faced sometimes. him and talked directly to him? And he says, no, I'm not sure I want right. to do it, right? But, but see, that's the Robert. thing. You, don't, not you may not decide. Not to decide. You have decided for the moment. Right. People of faith, that issue may still keep coming up. But the mere fact that you didn't decide the first time doesn't mean it's over. No, and no. that's and that's what happened with no. Barack. God, God is adamant. He and Moses, Moses. Uh, I can't I, leave I, these I people out. Right. I, I, I stutter. Right. Well, <laughs> I and, and I, I, I think 
I think after the break, I think that's, I think this paralysis by analysis and ability to take a partial piece but not go all in, I think that's a worthy man up discussion after the break. And we're going to go ahead and take the second break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 227. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up. Podcast number 227. We are talking about women. Uh, women in women judges. Uh and going to go back to uh, what the professor was talking about right before we went to break. And and so what we're talking about is Barack wasn't willing to go all in. And, and Mike brought this out. I had never really read this. And we actually, interestingly enough, we actually, in the youth group right now, we're teaching the call and what it means to be called by God. Yep. And three weeks ago, we talked about Deborah. <laughs> and I actually right. taught the lesson. And I didn't even pick this up that Barack actually... I was thinking of the line of Deborah told him to go, and he was like, no. But no, Deb, Mike pointed out the language there is Deborah came up to him and said, didn't the Lord tell you to go get off your rear end and get down there and get the job done? Yep. It was kind of her response with it. And and Steve threw out, and if anybody didn't hear it, he was the General McClellan. And if you're a Civil War history nut, I'm a Civil War nut. I spent eight hours at Shiloh because I'm weird. Uh, but McClellan was well known for oh, my God, I don't have enough men. I only have 150,000. The Confederates have 75,000. I need at least 300,000 to be able to beat them. And he never really pushed the issue to conclusion. Where Grant won the Civil War was Grant pushed and, in essence, closed his eyes to the casualties at one level to bring the war to a conclusion because he knew the only way to do it was to do that. McClellan, by his inaction, actually enabled the war to continue for probably three to four years. By all rights, the Civil War should have been over with in two years at most. But you had Union ineffectiveness that really took it away, and there was huge consequences for that in hundreds of thousands of casualties on both sides, by the way because they wouldn't push it to conclusion. Sometimes I think, and this is kind of a leadership thing, you can, you get into this paralysis by analysis, and you don't want to make a decision, well, but this data says that, well, this data says that, and let's do that, and, you know, and I've dealt with that, and, you know, and then finally I've I've looked at a few people that I've worked for in the past and said, make a decision. Well, what if it fails? So what? (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're failing here that's, because that's the worst type of manager yes. to work for oh, absolutely because your job in some cases that's your job to make the decision yeah yes to evaluate the the inputs yep and to choose the course of action 
and there are and I and I think I think that's the, ultimately that's the way that managers get cu- called out because ultimately that's part of the Peter principle. You get to a point yep. where you're just <laughs> too afraid to make a decision, and that brings everything to a halt. Why? Why is well, it that it, happening? It, it, it's it's <laughs> worse right. than bringing it to a halt. It mm-hmm. actually makes you go backwards mm-hmm. because what happens is you stand mm-hmm. still. Your competition keeps moving forward, and and I think when you get to our spiritual life, we get into the same rut because we also get called out on we need to move forward, but we're not moving forward because, well, if I do this, what if God doesn't want well? But what if I do that? And then that's not what God, well, but if God wanted me to do that, then he would, you know, and, and, and I was laughing earlier. We were talking about Gideon. We're going to start talking about him next week. There's only one judge that was totally indis- that was totally decisive about everything he did. Anybody want to guess who it is? Only one. Um, Samuel. At, no, I'm not counting him as a judge. Oh, you're not counting him as a judge. Was it okay. either Gideon or Samson? Oh, David. David. <laughs> it was not Gideon or or David. He was king. It was Samson, Samson. the Hebrew playboy, <laughs> <laughs> and he had a whole other set oh, of oh, issues. Oh no, no, we'll no, 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 no. Right. You're saying he was decisive when he was serving God, right? He, because he was indecisive about women. Oh no, he was not indecisive about women. <laughs> they ran he all of them. Please. He was overtly decisive about women. Right. <laughs> but 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 all of the judges, and I think maybe there's some lessons here for us, because all of the judges, and and I'm not going to count Deborah in this because she obviously was not indecisive, but Barack definitely was. Yeah. You know, Gideon. What about jail? Yeah. yeah By the way, let's talk yeah. about her for a second, if you don't mind. Yeah, oh, jail. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That, she's scary. She's scary, <laughs> man. She I, is cold I'm glad she's not my wife. <laughs> yeah, that and was, something, that was something else. I mean, she let him in and... Invited him in? And pretended oh, no, to she take care of him. him. Right. And then, but then she realized... That this wasn't a good thing. Oh, I think she knew he that was going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, she I, knew I think that she. You she think, knew I don't it. think she. I think she was going to do it all along. All oh, along. absolutely, <laughs> no question. I, I, absolutely, when she saw him, I mean, here, here's he's supposed to be the leader God of the put him in my army. Hands. Yeah, no, Ooh, no. That, I, she gave him milk, man, warm milk. I got a tired. I got to be gone. I got a well, tent the, peg the, with your name is, on it. It is, it is. It's a good trip because I do want to catch it because it is a great transition because the milk is a really important piece of imagery there because the whole maternal aspect of this is turned on its yes. ear. Right. She's yeah. going. I mean, she. It, it isn't. You know, you could argue whether it's even sexual or not. She. She warms him into the tent and almost treats him like a babe, wraps him up, oh, dear Feel boy, and right, gives him right. some oh, milk, yes. which is which is pretty much, you know, connected directly with motherhood and and nurturing. And as soon as he dozes off, she kills him in a really, really violent way. She's, you know, and she smashes Gory him. way. I mean, gory yes. way, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, and it's viewed, and, and again, when you look at the song of Deborah, this is celebrated. You know, it's, it, it's, it's toned down by the later authors who put it into the chapter four, you know. But chapter five, she, you know, she smashed it. She smashed, we get it. He fell. He fell. He fell. She, it's repeated. It is, it is, it is really, well, as, as it's a poem, it's I, far I, more I, visceral I, to begin I, with. I'm just going to guess she's a woman. 
So this was not a one hit on the hammer, can't go through into the <laughs> no, ground. Like, I'm thinking no, she's sitting yeah. here pounding no, it's away. it's pounded until it goes in. Like, whatever it is, it goes through his head into the ground. Well, yep. right. Do you see the history was that women put up the tents? That's for the true. family, too. That's, That's another interesting thing. I was looking at the history of oh, women. Oh, wow. So she knows how to wield a hammer, and she knows how to use a tent peg. Yeah, that was <laughs> so her this, so that so was this is what I, what I, what, to, to kind of get us where we're getting to this thing. What we have here in this story are Jail and Deborah, uh, two, two women who stand in stark contrast to, well, how Paul <laughs> presents... Women oh, yeah. and and how and how a lot of denominations would prefer women to be. So you can see a lot of the that's a lot a of the pull pull yeah. vision, but then you're confronted that's with a this. Reading of Paul, but yes, continue. yes, a reading of Paul. But you get, you get but, but but certainly there's a lot of well, Paul said women should be this, mm-hmm. and he may have been applying it only to one particular church at one particular point in time, but. You look at at the story of Deborah and Jail. They were women of action. They they were not, as I said, they were not there to procreate or to pass the line on. They were there to defend the nation, and and defend God's people and stand up for God. They were chosen by God. Uh, certainly, Deborah Jail Jail probably by extension, and so they stand in direct contrast to the model of women that a lot of churches want to want to uphold you know that that you know they're they're the children's director not the children's minister the children's director <laughs> the the that you know that that they that they support not co-partner um that they lead deborah is barack's boss <laughs> It, no, no, you can't bend it any other way. She's the, you know, no, you can't she look was at in it. Charge. That Barack, she was in charge. She told him, like you said, yes. hey, and, yes, and you know, God was in charge. But she said, hey, the big boss has told you this. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Get going. She, she was the middle manager. So, so yes, she was upper middle. And, and, oh, yeah, okay. and so, so, the uh, so, so there, I mean, and that's why, that's why women in the church these days love to talk about Deborah. And I think they're right because it's a whole different model. And to take it to men, because we're a men's podcast, it's a model we have to respect. It's it's a model that you you that you have to at least say is in the Bible and have to give some recognition to, especially if you're going to read whole whole reams of interpretation and behavior roles from maybe a line in a verse in a Paul. In a letter of Paul, here we have two chapters in Judges that are like we said that where where two women are pretty badass. Right, and we're coming down to the end of the Man Up Spiritual Ways podcast number two twenty seven. Going to get some final uh, takeaways uh, from the panel. Start with uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, you're kind of a judge type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to go back to the name of the lesson. Uh, I, I think you mentioned it at first, and our author uh, called this lesson about Barack, about Deborah, and Jail, living in courage and living in fear. Okay, now uh, I, I've expressed my point that I don't think Barrett lived in fear at all. I think he was quite courageous. And as you guys have mentioned so much, he was quite happy to be number two. 
I was yeah. I was assistant chief, a prosecutor for the city of Houston. I was happy to be number two. I didn't have to be number one because I knew I could work for the Lord in either place. If I took that position, right. or if I got that place, it would be fine. But if I didn't, I was going to keep working for the Lord with all my heart any way I got it. Right. And Barack, I think when, when Deborah came to and said, you're, you're going to lose the glory if you don't stand up and you don't go do it, if you want me to help you or go with you to accomplish, uh, uh, as your companion, uh, I, I think he's just, it's okay. Yeah, yeah I don't think he had me, an Brock. ego. He didn't have the big I'm ego. I'm fine with yeah, that. So, yeah. so what, what do we get? what's our takeaway from this, folks? Um, the guys have talked about it great. Um, in reality, do you have somebody that you work for? Is it a lady that's your boss or your your supervisor, and you have a difficulty with that? Uh, don't let that be an issue to you. Remember, the one who was above her is God our Savior and Jesus Christ our Lord. And we serve him and we work for him. And this is ultimately what we want we want the other person to know. Uh, and, and is there going to be always conflict when you work with people at work? Uh, Robert, Steve, Steve, you didn't have to work with people at work. <laughs> I didn't. Did. He just conflicted with himself. Robert did. Yeah. No, uh, the question, the, the point is, writer, there's right? always going to be conflict in our life. <laughs> as long as we're living, whether it's people in the supermarket, whether it's people driving down the highway, whether it's your comrades or friends that you work with and everything, there's always going to be some conflict. Brush that off and go on. Let it run off you. And remember, your ultimate goal is to to love your fellow man in, in peace and to bring peace to the situation if if that's in your, uh, and, and, and that can be accomplished. And do it for Jesus Christ. Excellent. Uh, professor, a takeaway from you. So in, just as an interesting note, I'm in talent development. All but... Two of my bosses over a 20-plus year career have been female. I have wow. literally worked for females except for two periods of time in my entire career. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, just kind of interesting thinking about Mike coming. Mine, don't, be, don't be Barack. <laughs> you know, go, go out and, you know, if you get told to do something, go do it. You know, don't hem and haul and mess around and suffer from paralysis by analysis and 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 that applies to your work life it applies to your personal life it applies to your spiritual life you know if you're a guy you know i'm i'm i'll tell you up front do your do your due diligence but don't be afraid you know if you're there well i need one more thing come on make a decision and live with it because what's out, outside of some things that will kill you, <laughs> you know, there is nothing that can really destroy you. You know, Jesus himself said, you know, don't care about things. You know, your, your father provides. You know, God will provide for us. Don't be afraid to make the big jump. Excellent, uh Producer Steve Ditch. You know, it's interesting because we've been making a lot of assumptions about Barack. And I would say I think maybe he missed an opportunity to have a mentor because he couldn't see past the fact that she was a woman. Now, we, uh, I will give the fact is that he was at a time where it was very unusual for a woman to be 
in any sort of leadership position, let alone a judge and a general. Uh, and maybe, we don't know, maybe he was never really comfortable uh, at it. There's certainly, that's one way to read the scripture. I'll go if you go. Uh, but a lesson here is don't, don't reject a mentor relationship out of preconceptions or prejudice or uh, uh, prideful belief. Uh, in the story, Barack misses his chance at glory. Um, whether or not he wanted it or not, whether or not he was connected with honor, he just, well, he missed his chance. He missed an opportunity because he failed to see the potential of someone who was a leader. Excellent. Uh, and with that, I'm just going to throw uh, just one final thought in. Great discussion by all the fellows. Very good point. Say you're running away from something and uh, you run into a woman named Jail and she invites you into her tent and you're just going to hide out for a little bit. She gives you some milk. And then you see she's got, a, she's got a tent <laughs> spike in her hand and a hammer in the other. Don't take the milk, okay? <laughs> and thanks so much for joining us. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. And once again, thanks so much to our uh, sponsors and supporters. And on behalf of producer Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox, and we're on the Snow Church Answers Tour. So check out our new... YouTube channel, and whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Man-Up, or our website, Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com, and post it there. And if you're unable to attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and SugarlandBaptist.org. Start Sunday mornings at 945. And when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class, that you can join for discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there's one, start one. This is Men Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.